0: So in this episode of the Decent Rowing Podcast, we're going to be talking about rigging for a good catch. Uh, I'm Lachlan Davey, I'm here with my dad, Ken Davey, and we're going to be talking about what changes you can make to your boat uh, to make it fit the athlete better so you can have a good catch. So where would you start when we're talking about getting a good catch with rigging, Ken?
1: I think it's very fundamental that that if an athlete is having difficulty getting to the catch uh, because of the way the boat's rigged, then it's very difficult to learn how to execute a really good catch. Uh, If you find the athlete has to be pulling themselves into the catch in order to hold that catch position, so they're sitting at the catch, we'd like to have their shins vertical or a little bit over vertical, um, but about that area, so They need to be able to sit at that position without being uncomfortable. If it's difficult for them to hold themselves in that position, it's going to be quite hard for them to concentrate on the the fine movements that are required in order to get a good catch. It's difficult for them to be relaxed, it's difficult for them to make uh, uh, precise movements of putting the blade into the water if they're struggling to hold that position. So critical is to be able to be at the correct position. There are a few other items, but we'll get to those, but I think the most important thing is being able to be comfortable at the catch which is really a combination between athlete size boat size and the flexibility of
0: the athlete yeah so when you have a technique uh change that you want to make to to get a good catch one of the things you can do is make sure they rock over from the pelvis, sit up tall, get into a good catch position early uh, on the recovery. When they get to the catch, they want to be in a good position. So if they're not in that position Ken was talking about with the shins vertical or slightly over vertical and comfortable when sitting there, uh, you have to make changes to the boat. This, is, uh, this area of uh, topic of conversation is something I have a lot of experience with. I'm quite inflexible and... I've had a lot of trouble in the past getting into a good catch position. In fact, pretty much every boat that I get into that's not my single, I know that I have to have a, a certain, certain measurements that I need to fulfill before I'll have, be able to have a comfortable row and be able to be an effective member of the crew, I think more importantly. So it, it's not only the fact that you don't fit, you don't feel as good, it makes it harder for you to get a catch, it makes it more likely that you're going to get injuries, and it also makes you a less effective member of the crew if you can't get into a good catch position. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the key measurements that athletes should know uh, if they have a little bit of difficulty at the catch? Like some people are really flexible. They never really seem to have any trouble getting into a catch position. But for those athletes that struggle to get the right position at the catch, what what sort of things should they be teaching themselves about and what, what do they need to know for... When they get into a boat that they haven't rowed regularly,
1: well, the, the critical thing is to understand the, uh, the what their feet to seat height has to be. That's usually the most difficult measure that's that, or the most that's a measure that's going to have the most impact on on whether they're comfortable at the catch. Uh, if you lift the seat or lower the feet, then that's going to solve that particular problem for them. Uh, but if you're lifting the seat, then that's going to then change the height of the handle of the oar in relation to the gate and indeed to the water so it's a combination of all of these aspects the simplest thing to do if they can do it is to drop the feet unfortunately you'll find in in a number of boats particularly singles boats that it's difficult to drop the feet a long way because the boat itself is quite small so then you have to move the seat higher with those other problems but let's look at the feet height first so drop the feet uh, And if they understand what measurement fits for them between the seat and the feet, the difference in in distance, then when they get into another boat, it's very easy for them to check that before they actually get on the water. And so it's easy to make sure they can get the boat rigged for them before they hit the water, which makes life a lot easier. The... There is a school of thought uh, that I hear frequently where it's better to have the feet high. If you have the feet high, then you've got, in pure physics terms, you've got a a better drive where there's less force down into the boat and more force uh, pushing the boat forward. There's been some studies done on this, and the issue with having the feet high, if it's uncomfortable for the athlete, is that it makes their back, their lower back in particular, move in in a way that's not good for their health and you'll find that the they can't engage the right muscles at the catch. So it's better off to have the feet lower and be comfortable and without with less injury and be able to apply the power within the body better than it is to have the feet high if it's uncomfortable. Having said that, if you've got an athlete that's very flexible or you're a very flexible athlete yourself, you may find that it's almost too easy for you to get to the catch. And so you've actually got to control yourself more into the catch. Uh, so you don't go too far forward. In that particular case, what I'd suggest uh, is to lift the feet up. uh, But be mindful that if you lift the feet up high and the athlete is very flexible, then you can have the feet too high in that the leg position is not conducive to applying the maximum power. So if you find that the knees of the athlete end up being uh, up level with the shoulders, for example, then I'd suggest the feet are too high. So it's about making those fine adjustments. The critical thing, though, is to get the feet height right. And if you get the feet height right, then everything else becomes so much easier. And adding to what Lachlan said before, uh, if you're really uncomfortable in the boat, then you're going to generally have a poor row and not be able to apply power correctly.
0: Or One of the other big things, of course, is the length of the rowing stroke. Uh, If your feet are too high, you'll only be rowing, say, three-quarter slide, <clears throat> and that will quickly turn into half slide when you realise that you actually have to use a bit of your slide to, to place the blade. So uh, an athlete rowing at half slide is really um, quite ineffective when the rest of the crew is rowing at full slide. And, and so, yeah, a couple of tips when measuring the, the feet to seat height. So what we're talking about is usually the lowest point on the seat. Um, sometimes it's in the middle at the back uh, to, the, to the heel so, so that, that difference in height from, from the heel uh, to, to the bottom of the seat. And so it doesn't matter too much if you measure it differently from someone else. The, the important thing is that you just measure it and you measure it consistently between boats so you know what measurement's right for you. For example, I know that for me to be comfortable, I need a feet-to-seat height of 24 centimetres. And and to some people and some coaches I'll probably laugh, they'll seem like that's a lot, or that, you know, maybe I'm just too inflexible to be a rower, uh, for example, but you know, that doesn't really doesn't really matter to me that much. All I need to know is that I need to get my seat um to feet height right to be able to get that comfortable position. And it's uh although you can improve your flexibility through stretching, I think a lot of it's determined um, by, by your genetics and, and by the way that you put together. I've, I've spent hours and hours stretching um, per week, probably upwards of 14 hours of stretching a week um, just to try and improve my flexibility, uh, especially around the catch. And I've found that it hasn't been that effective. And while I can make it, say, instead of 24 centimetres feet to seat height, maybe down to 21, something like that, that's about the improvement that I saw and it's certainly not to the level of flexibility of my more flexible um, you know, rowers that I, that I row with. And, and so, yeah, my, my boat is got quite a lot of uh, modifications. My feet are as low as they can be in the boat, um, which actually means that if I was to push down with my heels at the catch, although that's not possible because I'm very inflexible, I could actually put pressure on the hull of the boat and my, my heels would sit on the hull of the boat, but because I'm so inflexible by the time I get to actually putting power through my heels, uh, they're, they're nowhere near hitting the bottom of the boat. I've got a seat that's jacked up, uh, I think probably two centimetres above what the uh, the, windtech, um, the windtech adjustment is. So it's got adjustable seat, it's got three height levels, it's on the highest for that, and it's got two centimetres of packers underneath the carbon seat. And it's important for me to get this height uh, through using uh, seat packers, so make it a rigid seat to sit on as opposed to using a seat pad. So if I use a 2 centimeter seat pad, I feel it gives me um, a lack of connection between the boat and, um, and, and myself, so it re- I think it reduces my stability and I much prefer having a, a rigid seat wherever possible uh, obviously, this isn't the case when I jump into crew boats. I usually have to make do with whatever seat pad because you know you can't just go around changing the the seat height uh, permanently uh, for these boats that you row in. And a lot of the times, if you you can't bring your own seat from your single because they've got different different width slides and and things like that. So yeah. I think I
1: think it's uh, critical with that seat pad that that athletes uh, need to understand this part of the rigging and carry seat pads with them so that they can fit whatever boat. And I'd suggest that that each athlete who's in this sort of position, in fact, probably pretty much every athlete, uh, should have three sizes of seat pad, one uh, two centimetre, one for one centimetre, one for half a centimetre. Now, if you've got those, then you can make pretty good adjustments. But as Lachlan says, you do lose a bit of connection with the boat, and so it's more difficult to feel what the boat's doing. So I'd suggest if you're rowing in a boat consistently, then I'd do what Lachlan's done, Work out what height it needs to be and and lift the seat. You'll find too that the first place to start if you've got an athlete that has trouble getting to the catch or you're an athlete in that position, then I'd suggest put your feet low first because that's an easy adjustment to use. If you lift the seat up very high, then it actually makes the boat a little bit harder to balance because your centre of gravity is higher. Now, if you're a good rower and you've got your balance right, then it's not such a big issue, but it can quite often be the case. You'll find though that if you uh, if you do lift the seat up then you're going to then need to watch the height of the gates to make sure that you are comfortable. Easy check for this is to get the feet right first, the feet to seat height, and then uh, sit in the boat in the water uh, so that it's got the correct crew weight in it for for the crew you're rowing, and then uh, sit at the finish with the blades square and buried and see where the handle comes to. The handle in a sculling boat should come to about your sternum. In a sweep boat, it's sort of a combination of crossing your sternum. And so that's the height that the handle should be. Another way of looking at it is where you'd have a heart rate strap, that that particular height. Now, if you can't sit at that height on that seat because your handles are too low then you're going to have to lift the gate. If the handles are too high then of course you drop the gate and so that's the sequence to get this correct. First thing is to get your feet to seat right because you use the feet adjustment for that. If you find that you don't have to use all of the feet adjustment to get the correct height then you can start to think about whether you should lower your seat or not. Because lowering your seat will lower your centre of gravity, which will make it easier for you to balance. So it's a combination of those factors. I have seen occasions when I've actually had to lift the rigger as well because there's not enough adjustment, or get longer pins for the gate in order to lift the gate higher. Uh, another combination which you might find a little odd is with. It's really about this the proportions of an athlete, not about their size. So you might think that a a six-foot athlete is going to be harder to fit into a boat than a five-foot athlete. But I've coached people in both categories and you'll find the most significant thing really is leg length and torso length. And you'll find that some athletes have long legs and short torsos, which means that you have to have the rigging right for their feet as far as having the feet low, but then you have to actually... uh, fiddle with the seat height because otherwise you'll find that because their torso is short that you won't be able to get them high enough so it's a combination of all of those aspects but i'd suggest start with the feet and get the and then move to the seat and then move to the gate it's easier than going the other way around if you start with the gate sometimes you'll find when you get to the feet you've got to start again so it's but once you've got it right then measure what it is Make a notation of which boat it is, what the rigging settings are, so that you can repeat it again easily without having to redo the whole process.
0: Uh, another, another useful tip: so if you if you need still you've done all the measurements, done all the adjustments, you can, and you can't get the feet uh, to the right right height. Uh, like low enough in the boat another useful tip can be getting a pair of larger shoes so if you can find a pair of larger shoes and put them in the seat that needs to have a greater seat to feet height that's useful because the shoes are pretty much all fastened at the toes and so the heels uh, a lot lower with a, a larger pair of shoes than a, a smaller pair of shoes and you can usually get out of a bind like that if, if you've got an 8 especially with uh, people that have smaller feet. A lot of the times uh, you know, the bigger feet might be in a stroke and 7 seat and for example the, the bigger people might be in the, the 3 and 4 seats than in stroke and 7 so you can often um, switch them with them without any you know, detriment to them and it will make your life a lot easier so so basically so if you've done all these changes you've got yourself into the right catch position there's a few other rigging things that can can affect how your catch goes um assuming you're in the right position a lot, a lot of coaches might think that it's just about getting to that right position but what what are some other things that can change the how well your catch is taken
1: oh there's a couple of very critical things particular one is how far through the work you are which really means um, where's your body in relation to the to the gate at the catch and the gearing changes quite dramatically towards the catch so two things happen here if you've got your feet a uh, significant way towards the stern of the boat then you'll find you're going to get a larger catch angle uh, than you would if you had your feet towards the bow of the boat now, having a larger catch angle does a couple of interesting things. The first thing that a larger catch angle does is, which means that the blade's nearer to the bow of the boat when you take the catch than otherwise. So that's a large catch angle. The, the gearing gets very heavy very quickly the larger that catch angle is. Uh, the gearing directly perpendicular to the boat, if I use that as, as a factor of one, then if you've got the blade way round towards the bow of the boat, you've got your feet a long way towards the stern, it can be eight, 10, 12 times heavier, which means that when you actually start to apply the power, then it's going to be a lot heavier. So the boat's a lot heavier. And so you may find that you want to make that catch angle easier. A couple of reasons why you want to make that catch angle easier. If you've got an athlete or you're an athlete who tends to have a a sore back and and more load or you're an athlete that takes a particularly good catch in a crew boat, you'll find that that athlete has more load at the catch than the rest of the crew because they've got a better catch, they're connected earlier. And if they've also got the propensity to have a, a bad back, then they've actually got very heavy gearing compared to everyone else in the boat. So you may look to move the feet towards the bow to lighten the load a little bit so that it's less likely to cause a back injury. So that's an interesting thing to watch, particularly if you do have athletes or you are an athlete that has a sore back, then I'd think carefully about what your gearing is at the catch. Also, the more aggressively you apply, apply power at the catch will increase the load on your body. So you may find that uh, look at our section on how to get connected in that first part of the leg drive, and you may find that you can improve injuries um, by just rowing a little bit differently and by lightening the gearing. Another thing that happens as well is that uh, the blade, when it goes into the water, if the blade's well round towards the bow, uh, on a steep angle, then the blade enters the water easier because it's essentially going the same way as the boat for the first part of the of the connection. Whereas if you've got your feet towards the bow and the blade going into the catches on a, a lesser angle, then you've actually got to be quicker to get that blade in. And uh, you find there's a difference here between why you, you're rowing. You'll find that if you're looking for maximum performance, then you tend to go towards a, a getting the catch angle so that it's absolutely right. But if you're looking for an easy catch, then maybe you should change the catch angle. You experimented with that a bit, Lachlan, from a, a comfort perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I found that my the optimum catch angle, the, where I felt most comfortable, was a catch angle of about uh, 70, 69, 70 degrees and a finish angle, which was relatively tight, so around, around you know, 40 43 42 degrees and so basically at the finish my hands were relatively close together as i tapped out it doesn't give you much room to tap out but you get a lot more room at the catch and so because your arms are um sort of head out outwards at away from the boat at the catch the the blade ends up working its way all the way around and it's it's almost in line with the bow of the boat so when you put the blade in the water you don't have to combat any um the water's not moving in a different uh, direction to the boat so say if you're just rowing along and you put the blade in at 90 degrees to the boat um, perpendicular you have to put that blade in very quickly so imagine you're rowing with just arms only or arms and bodies you have to get that blade in very quickly to actually pick up the water and you'll waste a lot of a lot of your slide doing that whereas if you're all the way out at the catch a long way forward so your catch angle is around 70 degrees As you place the blade in the water, you don't actually have to overcome any of the, or as much of the movement of the water in different ways. So it works a couple of ways. You get more leverage when you're further around at the catch, so it's a bit heavier, but you also get more time to place the blade before it gets picked up by the water and and sort of shoots, kicks back in your hand. So you can get further forward. You can place the blade with uh, less slide movement, and consequently, you've got a huge arc then to apply your leg power whereas if you have your feet further towards the bow of the boat you have to be a lot more skillful you have to get the blade in quickly at the catch and it won't be as heavy so you'll have less leverage Um, you'll have to be a lot a lot uh, cleaner a lot lot quicker with your placement to get a good catch and you'll have a lot more work uh, around the finish so your hands will be a lot further apart and so I think as a rule of thumb it's generally better to read people who are of a higher skill level uh, further towards the back of the boat so giving them a greater catch angle because they can use their their fitness they can get their blade blade in the water and they can really lever the boat um, past past the water whereas and they've got the skills that they need to tap out at the finish without getting caught up and doing it with relative finesse whereas a, a beginner crew I think it's they get it caught up around the finish a lot more. It's a lot harder for them to get that tap down and feather movement. And they also have a lot less power. They're a lot less conditioned at the catch to be able to handle a large load. So if we bring their feet further towards the bow of the boat, that reduces the amount of work they have to do. And I think it's a, a lot better way to, to teach beginners in general have a bit more room around the finish and make it a little bit that they have to get their boat laid in a bit quicker at the catch. But, yeah, at some point it's worthwhile moving the foot stretcher, just showing them a bit what it's like, how, how much easier it is when the blade's further around towards the bow by moving the foot stretcher towards the stern of the boat.
1: The other thing you need to be a little careful on in some boats is the trim of the boat. By that we mean is the boat level uh, during the, the rowing stroke. Ideally you want to have the boat level all, all the time, flat is fast sort of terminology. But the, you'll find in smaller boats, in particular, if you move the, the weight of the athlete towards the bow or the stern, then if you move them towards the bow, then you may find the bows a bit low in the water. You move them to the stern, you'll find the stern's uh, a bit low in the water. Bear in mind, of course, it moves during the rowing stroke as the power is applied and as the body weight moves back and forth. So be, be particularly careful to make sure that you don't upset the trim too much. In a bigger boat, it's less significant. In an 8, you'll find that moving people back and forth in the boat is not going to do a huge difference to the trim. In fact, the trim in, a, in an 8, particularly a fast 8, is actually more affected by the speed of the boat rather than by the, the body movements because the bow rises out of the water more if the boat's going faster. That's the way they're designed and the fluid mechanics works. But in smaller boats, particularly in a single uh move the foot stretcher by all means to suit the athlete best but i'd suggest be a little bit careful about making sure that you haven't upset the trim of the boat and you can do this quite easily just by filming the boat when they're rowing better rowing at a a reasonably fast pace um, but have a look at the trim and see that it doesn't change too much during that rowing stroke
0: if you end up liking a greater catch angle and you like it when you like being able to get the blade into the water at the catch when it's further around towards the bow but you feel like it's too heavy in your hands you feel like it's just way too too much work to be doing at the catch one of the things you can do is increase the length of your inboard on your oars so make your inboard a little bit longer now that'll give you a bit more leverage to help you make it feel lighter you'll still get that nice catch angle you'll still get the the easy placement of the blade but the work that's on your body won't be so much and if that's still not enough you can also shorten your oars a little bit um, but yeah it's a it's a bit of a bit of a practice thing and if you make a change to your to your rigging it's going to feel a little bit different especially initially uh, just try and make sure that you've got your theory right and uh, you're moving your rigging in the right direction and not making it harder for yourself unnecessarily and you'll, you'll get used to that rigging over time
1: Just one particular thing uh, on a practical level if you're in a club environment or a school environment is that it's important that the athletes are all comfortable in the boat. Now the problem that I see frequently particularly with younger age groups is that there's a huge range of heights and measurements within one group of athletes and so what I suggest you do is if you're a school or a club and you're training uh, for example in quads a fair bit or fours then I'd suggest rig one or two seats in the boat depending on your, the type of athletes you've got, but rig a couple of seats in the boat so that they fit taller people and a couple so they fit so, small, uh, shorter people because you'll find that then it's very easy for you to not have to make adjustments. You can just choose the athlete for the position and the reality in a lot of training positions like that is that it doesn't much matter where in the boat the athlete's situated. For example, uh, you may want someone to be the stroke uh, of a crew um, and you may need to rig for them in particular but if you have a lot of athletes that have got similar abilities then I'd suggest just rig the boat so that you can fit all the athletes in without having to change things too much and if you've got a set of seat pads with you as well then you'll find it's a lot easier to to make the boat work well but being in a good catch position and comfortable in that catch position is is critical to being able to learn and execute a good catch
0: so if you want to see any of the videos uh, that relate to what we've been talking about today, they're on our website. Members can log in. It's under Catch Connection Videos and about just over halfway down the page, it's called Rigging for a Good Catch. Uh, if you're thinking about signing up uh, for a decent rowing membership, we have a free trial for one week. Uh, you can log in and see what we've got. Or if you want to sign up for a for a paid membership, that'd be great because they, they allow us to keep doing what we do now our members have access to over 850 of our rowing videos as well as training programs that you can customize and build your own training programs indoor and on water rowing courses and other great things like indoor and on water wall charts that you can uh, print off and have for your club um, so until next time happy rowing